Hi, this is Matt Ulrich. I am the current 2021 Salt Lake Board President. Hi, everyone. This is Curtis Bullock, CEO for the Salt Lake Board of Realtors. Hey, everybody. This is Matt Frenthaway, the Chief Appraiser for Aspen Appraisal Group. Rob Oakey with the Salt Lake Board of Realtors. I am the 2021 Second Vice President. Hi, this is John Carter with A1 Appraisal. Welcome, everyone, to the Salt Lake Board of Realtors podcast. This is episode 45. I appreciate again, we have Matt Fentway and John Carter, our appraisal experts. We have Rob Oakey with this and Curtis as well. So um, let's get going. We left off talking about utilizing the MLS, um, also inputting the MLS, sold data correctly, terms, and some of the information to help appraisers determine value. Uh, I wanted to go back to one of the things that Matt was talking about is how to meet uh, or get with the appraisers, getting them the comps beforehand. Um, maybe sh uh, do you mind if seller or the listing agent shows up at the property to talk to you about it, give you comps in person, um, contacting you guys um, via email. I know I've reached out to appraisers and said, do you mind if I send you sold comps and give share information to the property? I know that I believe that would help. I also, I'll let you answer that, but I have wanted to talk about the appropriateness of a buyer's agent. I appreciate when agents are proactive. I appreciate when they come and, and are willing to meet you there or talk to you about, about things. Um, and because it gives me the opportunity to share maybe some of my concerns that I might have, but they can let me know why they're, they're buying the property, what's, what stands out with property to them, um, uh, why they're paying what they're paying. So it kind of gives us a little bit of help, but you can also share, I can share my concerns like, Hey, these are the comps I'm finding. What do you, you know, we can kind of share. It doesn't influence my value, um, but it, it helps if they have some more information that maybe I didn't have at the time and, or, or could miss um, in the process. One question I had that was kind of uh, dovetail off of the last episode we were talking about, making sure that we update the MLS with accurate information. Would it be helpful for uh, for the appraiser in the remarks section if you were to point out, hey, we had 15 offers on this property of which Great question. Five yeah. or seven of them were cash offers, all of which were above list price. I mean, is that, and we would, we put that as once the property has closed, we're putting that in the remarks section to justify, I guess, kind of the higher price. Um, yeah, this, this is Matt, the appraiser. I totally support that. That helps the appraiser in two ways. We get more information about that property and we can consider that. And number two, we don't have to chase down the real estate agent to figure out what went on with that transaction. It just tells, and, and then real estate agent has, doesn't have to call us back. It just saves everybody a bunch of time. So I definitely hundred percent recommend doing that. If that's and within, that. if you can do that, if you can do that with, um, if the, you know, if the MLS, if it doesn't violate any of your um, agreement with them, then I say, go for it. It helps the appraiser out. John, what do you say about that? Because I know I've done that a lot with all my listings where I would reach out to the appraiser and tell them, We've had in two days of showings, we've had 20 offers and we've had or 20 showings in two days, 10 offers, all of which are above list price. 
And I tell that to some appraisers. Some appraisers, they thank you. I appreciate the information. I've had some say that doesn't matter. I don't take that into consideration. So what's the rule of thumb on that? Because I would think that would be helpful to know that you had 10 offers above list price and they're all about the same price as the current offer that we've accepted. And most appraisers, I'm sure all appraisers realize the, the market that we're in, they're getting multiple offers. Um, it's, it's, you can share that information and I take that, but I know almost every single listing is getting multiple offers, especially when it's been on the market one day, zero days, two days, they have multiple offers they're working through. So we understand that there are going to be multiple offers, um, but it's, it's kind of good to know. Um, I do like on the listing side when they're listing it, because um, sometimes we have to put uh, listings on as comps, even though we can't give a lot of, can't give weight to those really because they're not sold. But when, when something say listed at 400,000, but it actually is under contract for the, for 430, I like it when they change the list price to show they change it to 430. It kind of gives me an idea of kind of where it's at. Um, and it helps if I have to throw that on as an extra comparable, just as a listing um, that it's, I showed on as 430 because that's in reality, probably where it's closing. Um, because it shows the lender like, hey, there's other listings. Because if I show it at 400 and mine's selling at 420, um, even though it's going to show, it's going to close at 430, but I don't know that. So it's good to have that. I like it when they change the list price a little bit or, or they change it kind of to where it's kind of under contract usually. Um, a lot yeah. of home builders do that too. I appreciate that. And I, that's very helpful, but I find it very interesting. And I think there's amongst us realtors, we feel that there's a little... You know, and, and I appreciate your job. You got you guys' job is very difficult, but I'll tell clients we can get 10 different appraisers uh, to do an appraisal and get 10 different values. And I, I do feel like there's a little bit of disconnect amongst appraisers because some appraisers will, like you said, John, you like when they would list, change the, the list price to the actual offer price. When I've heard uh, Matt, I believe Matt said, I'd prefer you not to do that. And so there was a little bit different opinion and not that there's a right or wrong way to do that, but you know, I think that it's interesting for us as a challenge for realtors is um, we're not sure what their appraiser, that particular appraiser is going to be looking at that to help with the value. Uh, it's a little bit of a challenge for us, I find. Hey, Matt, this is Matt, the appraiser. I want to clarify when I um, want to clarify what we just talked about, change in listing price. When you and I talked in the last episode, that was me assuming we were talking about after the deal closed. Okay. Um, but I don't know. And I don't know if you guys can, I honestly don't know if you can change the listing price several times, like after the deal closes or before, but um, what John's saying is right. Like if you, if, if, it, if it hasn't closed yet, the appraisers are looking at listing comps. We can't put weight on them, but we are considering them. And in that case, it would make sense to change the listing price to where the contract is, because that's going to help us validate where our opinion, value of opinion is. So I apologize about the, um, the, the miss, miss, misunderstanding on that i was assuming after the deal closed so no, no and, and well i i think it's also in sorry matt i think it is also important that we got to make sure that that whatever you're doing and you pointed this out as long as it complies with what say like the mls policies and procedure yeah. um allows us to do uh, because there might be some things that make your job easier but the mls policies and procedures prevent us from doing certain things so not, no matter what we do, we got to make sure that we're following that first before we can do anything. 
Yes, and I, I agree. And we, we're not trying to deceive, and we definitely should be doing everything that's ethical and within compliance. And we're not trying to trick appraisers. And they and you guys have a tough job, and we appreciate you going out. I know sometimes realtors can be a little bit high strung and ornery and attacking to you guys. And and we got and I do think it's important to go back to episode 44 where we talked about the appraisers are not the enemy. And we really need to work together to show and support value and work together. Um, I want to kind of ask and transition to now what's appropriate uh, for a buyer's agent in communicating, contacting, being involved with you as an appraiser. Do you guys talk to them? Do you allow them to communicate with you? Are they supposed to? I don't have any problem with an agent contacting me. I have no problem with it at all. Um, oh, the buyer's agent? I don't care if it's a... I, I kind of rather, sometimes I'd rather be the buyer's agent because then they, they can tell me why their buyer is willing to go at whatever price it is. Uh, why are, you know, why are they coming up this high? Um, but to everyone, I think should understand that what, like you said, the, the appraisers aren't the enemy. We have no reason to come in low on an appraisal. There's zero benefit to the appraiser to come in low uh, on an appraisal. So, we, we'd love to always come in at least at the purchase price um, because that's what buyers and sellers, what they agreed on to sell. That's the definition of market value. So there's no reason for an appraiser to come in low. So when an appraiser comes in lower than the purchase price, it's not because he doesn't know what he's doing or he's a jerk. Um, he doesn't care. It's following the guidelines that we have. Um, and appraisals are based on past data, really. Like the market's going up. I don't know how math's been probably appraising a long time. Most appraisers have. Um, it's going up more now than I've ever seen in my 22 years of appraising. Right now, the values are going up faster than ever. And But we, when we have to base things on past data for lending purposes, like they have guidelines, appraisers have guidelines, you, there's only so much you can do. Um, I try to use uh, a sales in the last month because they show the highest value, but... Um, there's never there's never a reason for us to come in low. Uh, we want to work with the agents, so I'd love to talk to them because I will share my concerns. I'm not going to throw in value like I feel like we're only going to come in at X amount of dollars, but I'll say here's my concern: this house sold for 400, this house sold for 390, this house sold for whatever, and yours is at 415. So there's got to be a reason why you know, I've got to have proof to show a higher value. So agents, help me come up with the proof to prove it because um, we want to work together with an agent. Yeah, this is Matthew Fraser. I 100% agree with John. Um, there's no reason why a buyer's um, agent can't talk to the appraiser. Again, it's about timing. Make sure that's done before the appraisal is done. And then one more thing on that is um, it's also about um, the approach. So <laughs> you kill more or what? You catch more flies with honey? Um, so when, when, when you do reach out to the appraiser, just be respectful and be nice to them. Um, try not to trigger them. They're already hyper triggered anyways from underwriters coming back with conditions all the time and stuff. So just use your approach in, in a really nice friendly way and in a manner that you want to um, collaborate with them. But there's no problem with the buyer's agent talking to an appraiser before the appraisal is done. Bob? I think, I think that's a great um, point that you bring up and, and it actually kind of segues into part of the question I had is right now in, in today's market, we're seeing a lot of offers where agents are stating in the event of a low appraisal, 
the buyer agrees to pay X dollars above appraised value. And my question has often wondered, when you as an appraiser see that type of language, are you, and I know that this is a broad question, you may have think one way and another person may think another, but when you see that language, are you thinking, hey, buyer and seller are already worried about this home appraising? Would So by putting that language, in your opinion, do you think that jeopardizes the offer or do you think it's not a big deal at all? Great question, Rob. Thank you. I don't, I don't think it's a big deal to put that in there. Um, sometimes I like to see that knowing that um, they understand, like the, the agents, they kind of understand that there could be issues with the appraisal. So uh, there's times that I get appraisal requests to come over and the, I look at it and the purchase price is really high and I just decline it because I don't want to deal with certain agents or certain issues like this is not um, so I, I will decline it but if I saw that hey we're willing to pay 10,000 over the appraisal that doesn't mean I'm going to come in 10,000 low um, I mean I'm going to do the best I can but it also shows that they understand that there's a concern and I'm going to do the best I can but if it is a little bit short I'm not going to get like bombarded with angry um, agents and angry people and that's so going back to the last question that's the only violation I think there is in talking to an appraiser is if you are trying to influence him um, or, you know, to get your, your way, because as agents, you're biased to your clients and you're biased to, you want the deal to close. Um, appraisers are not supposed to be non-biased. So when you try and influence them with your bias, that's where the, the problem comes in when you can't talk to an appraiser, because you can talk to an appraiser about everything and work it out. But when you're trying to influence him and make him biased, is, is when you're in the wrong. Uh, and I want to get Matt's take on it, but I also want to ask a question of Curtis on that. Um, Curtis being an attorney as well, is what violation is that? Um, what are they violating by a buyer's agent trying to sway or influence an appraiser on getting a low value or saying, hey, we know we offered this price, but we feel the value is lower or whatever, just trying to get the, the value uh, I I, I don't know if I'm the best one to answer that, but I think Matt said in the previous episode is that the appraiser doesn't work for the buyer, Correct. buyer's agent. They work for the lender and they have ethical and uh, fiduciary duties to them. Is that not correct? That's right. And, and I, I also think that, you know, we have the responsibility to, to state that we have not been duly pressured by, by any agent or anything. There's been a time or two that I have declined an order after I've done the inspection and, and I've withdrawn myself because I've received so much pressure that now I feel like I've been influenced too much and I can't, I can't sign this appraisals without in good conscience because I've been influenced. And that's where it become a violation for me is if I've allowed things to influence me in the appraisal process. So I've just withdrawn myself and said, we need to order another appraisal uh, from somebody else who hasn't been pressured. Thanks for that insight, John. Thank you. Let's say that um, we, we touched on it in the prior episode, but let's say um, a listing agent wants to challenge an appraisal after the fact. We've talked a lot about being proactive, and that's the preferable method of working with uh, the appraiser prior to. But what what any suggestions you would have for realtors if they should they just send some comps to the lender who can forward them to you or what's the best approach on that? Obviously being respectful is, is important, but any insight on that on after the fact type challenge um, to an appraisal? 
John, do you mind if I start this one? Sure. Okay. So contact the mortgage company, the buyer's mortgage company, um, and tell them what, ask them what their process is to submit a reconsideration of value because each mortgage company has a different process. They're all similar, but they have different forms and different processes. And so make sure you get the right process and forms. Once you get that, um, once you find out the process, they'll probably have you fill out a form or make a letter or whatever. Um, and they're going to want to know a couple of things. What comps do you have that you think the, um, the um, appraiser should have used? Yeah. And is there anything wrong with the appraisal report that the appraiser missed that significantly would affect the value? So look at that appraisal report and see if there's anything in there that they missed and make sure you make note of it in that reconsideration of value. And then the comparables, don't just pull up what we've seen, what I've seen in the past is the, just a bunch of comparables, just kind of throwing spaghetti against the wall and hoping one of them or two of them stick with the appraiser. And that kind of irritates the appraiser when they get like seven um, comps to look at from the lender for a reconsideration of value and none of them have anything to do with the subject property. It's just obvious that they're trying to, you know, sway it upwards. So, so make sure they're legit comps, I guess, is my point um, with valid reasons. I completely agree with that. There's nothing more frustrating uh, to appraisers when you send us seven comps and the lenders, they, they require us to, to go through each comp. And then I have to comment on them. Like, look them all up and now I have to comment on this comment on that and if you send me 10 they make me comment on 10 comps they're not even valid and it's really frustrating like not a comparable property but I have to look it up um, I, I think it's important when they a reconsideration of value they need to look at the comps that were used and if you want to find other comps great that's wonderful if I miss something but look at the comps that I used and tell me why your comp is more similar than the ones that I used because I'm not going to ignore what I used, but if yours is more similar, then I have no problem changing it. Um, I've changed values when they, they came in with something or, or found a reason or more, more current sale uh, is the most appropriate thing, but they just have to be more similar than what you already used, not just a high value. You say is if we are wanting to challenge the, the, the appraisal, make it simple and make it very accurate in form of bringing two, maybe three good uh, homes or subject properties that maybe the appraiser missed or that you feel like they should have added, but at least make them comparable, recent, and don't overload you guys with seven, give you two or three that you can deal with. Otherwise it becomes overwhelming and it becomes too long of a process. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, that's, that's right. Just kind of a funny story. A lot of these reconsideration um, requests we get, they'll have like seven or 10 comps in there and we'll go through them and five of them, we already use in the appraisal report. And we're like, wasn't anybody paying attention? Like what kind of reconsideration is this? And then it kind of really irritates the appraiser and that's when you get them being kind of sticky and I'm surely when you do talk to them. So that's right, Matt. Can I add one thing that I saw in a contract a couple of weeks ago? Um, the agent put in the contract at the end that um, uh, as part of the, I guess they thought this would be appealing to the, the seller. I don't know that they would appeal the appraisal. No, whenever the, as soon as they got, they'd order the appraisal. And as soon as they got the appraisal back, they will appeal the appraisal, right? Immediately appeal the appraisal to try, try to get a higher value. They put that in the contract to, so I basically looked at that and said, okay, so I'm going to do the appraisal no matter where I come in, they're going to fight me on it and appeal it. So 
I just declined it. I didn't even accept the order and I let someone else, I don't know where it went. And I have a feeling that I wasn't the first guy who declined it. It probably went to somebody else. So it's delaying your process by throwing things like that in the contract. Interesting. Well, and let, let me share like something that I've had recently dealt with a challenge I've had is I think most appraisers do a great job. And I, I think I feel like we need to also share some of the experiences we've had as realtors where I recently listed a property and the appraiser refused to go outside of the complex, even though there was other townhomes in this mile vicinity, he kept telling me that he had to stay within complex. And he went even six months back uh, as sold comps because he wanted to stay within the complex. And I was shocked by that. And my seller refused to go with the low, like it came in 25,000 low. And again, you know, for instance, it was listed at say, I'm gonna just throw a number at, say it was this at 415 uh, value uh, offer came out 425 uh, prop offer uh, appraisal came in at four. And I felt like that was way low because I don't feel the appraiser was willing to go in what I understand, at least a mile out and was taking too far back of comps. And so we, we declined to go lower price, killed the deal, went with the new buyer or actually stayed with the buyer, got a new, uh, since it was conventional, got a new appraisal and value came up $20,000 on the same property uh, with a different appraiser. So that, you know, you guys have, again, you have a tough job and I, I wouldn't want that job, but that's something I just recently dealt with with two significantly different values on the same property because an appraiser viewed it di so differently. Well, Matt, I am sorry that happened. <laughs> I really am. I, I can I feel for you. I know how frustrating that must have been. And, um, you know, Appraisers are not, not all created equal, just like most professions. And so it sounds to me like you might have, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, you might have gotten one that didn't quite know what they're doing. At least here's my take. And this, if this is a condo, this is not an appraisal rule, but this is an often an underwriting rule with mortgage companies. They want, they want at least one comparable outside of the condo complex. Hmm. So if that was the case with that first appraisal, um, not sure what happened there, why the appraiser didn't do that, but that's kind of common knowledge with underwriters anyways. And so appraisers try to make them happy too, but I'm sorry that happened. I appreciate it. Thank you. We need to have one outside the complex, but we also have to have comparables inside the complex, right? So he probably, I mean, I don't know his situation, but he needed to use one or two in that complex. And if there was one that was six months ago, fine. I would have used it. I would have used that as a comparable, but then you can show or I think as agents, you can let the appraiser know, listen, this one sold back in September. Um, so the market's completely changed. And this one, we had so many offers. And as, as you can see with the other stuff outside of the complex, the more recent stuff is selling a lot higher. So it stinks that there's not one, a recent one in our complex. But so you use that old one, fine, because the underwriter wants to see one in the complex. But then you you can help the appraiser and hopefully he already knows this, that the market's changed. So um, I'll use that old one, but the market is so much better now that the, the stuff outside the complex are more comparable than the stuff inside the complex due to market conditions. All right. Thank you. Um, I, I just wanted, I know we're short on time. I wanted to give everybody a chance or an opportunity to add any other comments or suggestions that they might have on dealing with an appraisal and making it work for a smoother transaction and, and getting and dealing with valuation. Uh, Matt, do you want to add anything? Stay calm. 
it's like it's like a you know a, a frenzy out there with the with buying and stuff and so it causes tensions to rise and stuff so just on both sides appraisers and realtors just try to stay calm and logical and, and try to see the other point of view before you know diving into what your point of view is going to be that's great yep i think we can do that as agents as well we need to kind of put ourselves i at least i find it helpful to look help my seller see it from the buyer's point of view or my buyer see it from the seller's point of view because we're trying to make this a win-win and a smooth transaction for everybody. We do have fiduciary duties to our client, but I think it'd be important for realtors to know that it is a tough market and it's stressful for everybody and we need to keep a calm level ahead. So I appreciate that because I'm going to go back to the appraisers aren't the enemy. Let's treat them with respect. And, and I think like you also mentioned, you're going to catch more um, bees with honey. John? I do have a suggestion that uh... – I think it's, it's pretty beneficial for agents to use is to be proactive as, as we talked about in when you get a house under contract, do your research and pull up what's under contract knowing that everything's selling higher and higher every month. Um, so find out what's under contract and call the, those agents. They're not going to tell you the, the sold price, but say, hey, when are you going to close? Did, like, did you sell more than list price? Which is pretty common. Find yeah. out when they're going to close, and then you can delay the appraisal ordering process. If, if it's a week they're going to close, wait to order the appraisal until that one closes because it's going to affect your value dramatically if we have a current comp. Uh, but if it's only under contract, we can't give a lot of weight to it. So if you wait a week and now it's closed – then it's going to change your value dramatically, probably, if we have that good comp. I appreciate that. that is great. And it's a good way for agents to show their value and provide their worth of doing a little bit extra work and, and doing their job. I, I think that's part of doing your job as a, a realtor, showing value and doing those extra things and making phone calls. And so I appreciate that. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Rob, did you have anything you wanted to add? Yeah, just in closing, I just wanted to thank the two of you for coming on and helping us really kind of work together. I, I know I learned a lot, especially the we as agents, if we proactively do a couple of things versus reactively, then your process is going to be better. Our process is going to be better. And I think that a lot of the hurdles that we're facing, we can overcome just by taking a little initiative. So thank you. And I would like to thank you guys both too. I, I, I know both of you personally, you guys are great guys and good appraisers and very respected professionals. So thanks, Matt and John. We were lucky to have you guys on. And uh, I know that our agents will benefit quite a bit from listening to this podcast. And I, I know you guys are busy with doing appraisals. And so thank you for taking the time out of your busy days and running businesses. So I know you guys both are not just appraisers, but running appraisal companies. So we got some of the best guys here and we're lucky to have these guys. So thank you so much. Uh, and Rob being here, Curtis and everybody else. So, well, that's a wrap up of our discussion. I know we could continue to go on with this discussion forever because there's so much good information and this is a, definitely a hot topic. Um, so I, again, we appreciate everybody. A reminder that if you have any comments or a show topic you'd like to discuss for a future panel, you can reach out to us on uh, the Facebook Salt Lake Board page, Twitter, or by email. Um, again, it's slrealtor.com or the Salt Lake Realtor member page. We're open to suggestions on these podcasts that you guys would like to hear uh, further information on. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. And that's a wrap for episode 45.